Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Once you start the journey, and if you really enjoy it, it becomes part of you. It, it doesn't become about financial freedom anymore. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with founder of Cord Partners, Daniel Nassim. We find out about what is keeping him motivated to continue his property journey, the important lessons and strategies he has learned throughout his experience in property development and much, much more. We delve into the strategies that he has used throughout his career that has led to his success in the property industry. When I started, I made a decision that I will only invest in good quality areas that um, will always attract the right type of purchaser and the right type of renter because I did just did not want headache. I just want smooth sailing, build up my portfolio in... Um, in about 15 years, my, my plan was 15 years, I want to be able to build a portfolio that will generate so much in income that I did not want to go back to those times where my wife was made redundant. I was worried about my financial commitment. And from that year onward, we've made a commitment that we are going to build um, an income for us, regardless what would happen to either one of us uh, in terms of our jobs, careers and so forth. And the decision was then that, okay, if we have a look at Sydney, where is the quality areas within Sydney? So anyway, we, 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 we pointed that we were comfortable with the North Shore purely because it's, as you mentioned previously, uh, connect, connection to the city, connection to everywhere, where it is, to the beach. I mean, my wife, you know, she loves the beach and I like the water, whatever. So we want it to be around the water. We want it to be around good schools for the family down the track. We want it to be around the trend line. Uh, so if when, when we go to the city, when we go anywhere, we've got public transport available to us. Uh, so we put a list of criteria of where do we want to invest and the North Shore came tops. So when you invest in an area like the North Shore, obviously, you it's not about the quantity, it's about obviously the quality of the development. And that's why all of our developments, like we, we invested in about eight developments, um, we have not sold and all of them, if it not uh, tripled, some of them quadruple in value since we actually bought them. Why? Because you need to be very selective on the area and within that area of where you want to be and what you want to do as well. So the type of development, the type of property, as well as the area, has a major, major impact on your long-term uh, portfolio wealth, your portfolio 
accumulation and wealth planning. He talks about the types of properties that he decided to invest in, whether it be similar to the duplex he started, or townhouses, or large-scale developments. If I wanted to do larger development than uh, twos, like duplexes, I would have actually had to team up with someone else. So pull our money together and we do larger, you know, maybe uh, a block of units and so forth. And that's something that I, um, whilst I, I was, you know, ready for it, I didn't really want to sort of uh, go into it because when you take on a partner, you also increase in the risk by their circumstances. For example, what happened if you go into a big development and something happened to him, something happened in his family, career, or financial situation, or whatever, it will have a major impact on the development and on me personally and financially. So the decision that I've made from day one is that unless I can do it myself, uh, completely and fully. I did not want to really go with partners and that's why I stuck with uh, duplexes. He only wanted to take on properties that he can manage himself and we find out how long this has taken to build up the portfolio. We paced it out a bit but we did not want to stretch ourselves so we gave ourselves about a year and a half to two years between each development because by the time you actually finish, like if when we when we finished the first one, as I mentioned to you, we moved into it uh, for about six to eight months. The next door was rented. Um, we also have been approached by the listed agent to rent ours because there's demand in the area and so forth. And then we moved out. And then the light bulb sort of, as I mentioned to you, it dawned on us, we can make money out of this. Then we start to look for another development, which we did. And then you get the DA, you build, and then you, you know you rent it. It took about a year and a half. So it's about the first one took a little bit longer, about two and a half years uh, for the second one. And then becomes about, you know, because you become a little bit more experienced in doing so, you know what the council wants. You know what what buttons to pull, to to push with the council. You know how to make it a little bit uh, speedier and and more efficient with builders as well. So you gain experience along the way as well. So it, it takes about a year and a half to two years between each good quality development. He shares with us if he has mainly been investing in Sydney, or has he branched out into other states? I focus in Sydney because some people uh, call me control freak. So. <laughs> I like to see things and being from an engineering background as well, sometimes that helps and sometimes it doesn't help because when you are in that field and you know what buildings is all about, you become a little bit of a pain in the backside of a builder but uh, because you're actually checking on everything they do, you see what I mean? So, and I'm one of those guys that I thought about, you know, you know, investing in a central coast or Newcastle, a little bit further afield because I can do more. Rather than duplex, I can do actually a lot more there. But the traveling and, you know, between managing a career and then starting a family as well as uh, traveling, it just wasn't uh, the thing for me. So we focus on the North Shore uh, and we diversified within the North Shore in different pockets uh, within within the area and it worked out really well for us. The portfolio that he's built throughout the North Shore has been amazing and has given him financial freedom. We find out what keeps him motivated to continue to build his portfolio. To, to be honest, Tyron, once you start the journey and if you really enjoy it, it becomes part of you. It, it doesn't become about financial freedom anymore. It becomes about 
you actually, for me, I enjoy doing it. Uh, financially, it worked out really well, and it gave me the uh, – I've achieved my goals that I set myself many, many moons ago of not relying on an income coming from a career-related uh, or uh, a job or a salary or a wage. So I've achieved that already. But the the upside of all that, once I finish all that, it become part of me. It become part of what I really enjoy. So even if I'm not doing my own development, I still follow the market. I still want to help anyone, you know, the next door neighbor, a relative, a friend or whatever who wants to um, start the journey or invest. I just can't help it. But just, you know, yeah, I'm here, you know, I'm here. I can help. <laughs> I'll work for free. <laughs> so, yeah, it becomes, it becomes a second nature to you because it's something that I really enjoy. We delve into his engineering background and some of the projects he has worked on in the past and how they helped him pass this experience onto his clients. During my engineering days, I've I worked on a number of projects, uh, be it uh, you know, high-rise buildings as well as civil projects and infrastructure projects. Uh, so I worked with various developers and I've designed a number of um, uh, civil work and, uh, and they're all still standing by the way, nothing fell down. What was the bonus? Nothing sank, you know, nothing fell. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm proud of that. Um, and then I moved into financial services. Uh, I, I realized that where the money is, is in actually in the banks, all right? So I decided to combine my background in engineering and property with financial services. So I moved from, you know, between a couple of banks through different departments. And then uh, my role within, uh, my last role within the bank was like a project manager for clients, a financial project manager. What does that mean? Uh, if a client wants to borrow to build, that was me. If the client wants to get a lawyer, a solicitor, an accountant, a source, um, a block of land, source a builder, source whatever, that was me. So I was working in the private uh, client solution area um, in helping high net worth individuals grow their wealth using a number of investment vehicles and, an, and a, a different type of investment in order to diversify and make the most of their money using the bank money. So that was my role. And I continue that when I started my own business 2013. I continue that by helping clients who are mainly referred from our referral partners, from accountants, solicitors, and brokers, and so forth, and our current clients as well, helping them to understand the investment journey, to educate them about what is it that you want to do and achieve with your life, and how property can help you get there. And I also work with a financial planner partner who can also help them to diversify in other, other types of investments. But my focus mainly on property investments, using my experience on how to get there efficiently, quickly, with minimum risk. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how he's able to help his clients we are very selective in the areas that actually help them to provide that income over the long term. Who he learns the most from? The best person or people that I learn from are my clients. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story.
gives us a recent example of a development he has been working on with a couple of his clients and how he has been to help them. A few weeks, I was working with a couple of clients. Uh, they're both uh, property investors. They, one of them, a commercial property investor, so he did invest in commercial and he, he wanted to diversify into residential. And another client of mine, he just got his one investment property and his home and a third client who hasn't really invested in property at all, just started. So they were referred to us by uh, our referral partners. We don't advertise, by the way. We just work on word of mouth, which is very good in my humble opinion, um, because we got that uh, trust from uh, professionals, being an accountant or, or a solicitor or whatever. We got that trust, so they refer their clients to us to assist them with their investments. So when we, our, our strategy is when we sit down with clients, we, we help them to clarify, first thing, clarify what is it they want to do and achieve. If they want to invest, what is it? Is it for income? Is it for growth? Is it for both? Do you want to have an, an uplift immediately, you know, within a few months? Or do you want to invest for the long term? Or indeed, do you want to just rely on an income? Because every type of investor and every type of client is different. Once we clarify that, what is it they want to do, we uh, help them to build a plan, a strategy around what they want to do. If, for example, they wanted to build an income source over the long term, we are very selective in the areas that actually help them to provide that income over the long term. So cash flow become king because they are aiming to generate an income. If, you, if they are aiming to generate growth, selecting an area that will grow in the future, not necessarily now, but in the future, there is probably infrastructure projects coming up, government spending, um, and so forth. We follow the money trail, the big boys, or where, where they're going, what they're doing, and then we follow them into growth areas. And sometimes we combine the two, an income as well as a long-term growth, depending on the client situation. So if we go back to the three clients, uh, we helped the first client who into commercial to acquire a couple of blocks of land um, in around the central coast area. They were next, next to each other. So a developer was actually developing about 24 blocks of land in um, a new, new land. So it's a green field, we call it, newly developed land. Um, we selected that area because it's 500 meters next to a trend line. So you physically can walk to a trend line. We selected those two blocks because they were right in the middle of it. So in terms of access, it's pretty good to and from that area away from the trend line, but not too far in the middle of the development. They're very flat. That will impact your building cost. And we, we bought them too because we've been able to negotiate the price substantially lower by buying two rather than one. And the reason we actually said that to the client, the client can afford it. That's number one. That's what they wanted, number two. But even if there is uh, something happening in between and the client acquired two and not being able to proceed with both or either, we had other clients, you know, we can get them to share, you know, buy one of them, if you know what I mean. So, and that way he actually was able to acquire the two blocks for substantially less than the advertised price. 
We find out more about his clients and we learn about some of the numbers behind the properties that he helped them acquire. Now we're in the process of actually approaching builders again. Can you and and that's for him to build a duplex on each side. So can you imagine you're going to a builder now who's building a house in the area, for example, and you say, "I've got two blocks of land for one of my clients, for example, and we want to build a, a duplex each." And then you start to negotiate hard with the builder as well, trying to get the best outcome for the client. So that that just happened. As a matter of fact, settlement that happens about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Settlement is coming up in the next couple of days. So, so that's that's number one. The number two, um, we also assisted um, a couple of clients to buy in the Hunter Valley, where they experienced a massive growth in some areas um, in and around about 15 minutes from Newcastle. Massive growth area around Maitland area uh, and surrounding areas. Uh, we always concentrate on uh, shopping centers, schools, unis, public transport, and we try to locate an area within those um, uh, facilities and utilities that people will always need and will always use regardless of what's happening in the world. Okay. So we've been able to locate a couple of um, areas there for our clients. And again, our clients uh, who wanted to combine long-term growth with an income, they've been able to invest in a couple of investments there. Those investments they built, so that the clients built them and they were rented before they got the keys. So before the builder hand in the keys both they're rented at a very good uh, rent as well and we know those areas will grow because of the amount of infrastructure and spending the local the state government is spending in that area there's a new hospital going up uh, about five minutes away from it um, mcdonald's is opening there's a number of major outlets is opening the area which means growth in the long term the younger, the younger uh, person who is just starting, we bought him a block of land. Um, he only paid $7,500, 5% deposit on a block of land um, until registration. So it's not registered. It's just one piece of dirt, effectively. Registration is coming up. The developer is selling now, about six months after, the same blocks of land in around him for about $180,000. He bought it for $150,000. Now it's selling for 180. A registration is not even out yet. It will be registered soon. And as soon as that's registered and people start to build, it will be you know up in value again. So that particular investor, if they want to go to the next step and build, they will really make money and they will make even more money by building. Or should they wish to sell, they've already made you know 30 to 40 grand. Nassim discusses about who he has met throughout his journey that has helped him achieve success. To be honest, the best person or people that I learned from are my clients. You know, the best person that previously was I consider my mentor was an older gen- uh, gentleman who came to Australia with $10 in his pocket and he built up a portfolio of some of the best properties that I've seen uh, over the long term, obviously. but. He taught me so much about, you know, further planning, planning ahead, looking to the future. Don't look today. When I ask him, how did you make your money? How and how did you start? So would you believe it? He said, I started my investment journey the week after 1987 
where everything was, you remember 1987, where the share market took an absolute tumble. The whole world was fearful. Uh, property market in Australia was really bad. And that's when he started. So he basically had that foresight to invest for the long term, take advantage of opportunities as they arise, and don't be afraid. He basically said, Australia is still a young country. He, he's a migrant. So he said, when I'm coming, he was from Greece. He came from Greece. He said, from Greece, we, we're not a migrant country. This is a migrant country. People will still come here for many, many, many years to come. And he was saying that 87. So he had that long-term planning, long-term view, holistic view of what's happening in and around Australia and in and around the area where he's investing. And I think that taught me so much about when you go and invest, do not look at the short term, have a long-term view of what you want to do. He talks to us about what he would have liked to change in the past and how that could have helped him reach his goals even quicker. I probably would have invested a lot more into my education and knowing the right people and getting and surround myself with um, a network of experts. Meaning that if I met myself 10 years ago, I would have actually made connections with a lot faster with experts in their own field, be it um, a a land developer, be it a a good quality network of real estate agents, you know, in particular areas or whatever. When you connect with those experts who have been there, done that, have the experience and the depth of experience and walk in the walk and talk in the talk, it will just save you so much time and so much headache. If you want to reach out to Daniel Nassim after the podcast, he provides the details on how to do so. We've got a website. It's accordpartners.com.au. Um, if you are able to peruse that, send us uh, your details on the website. I'm always contactable on my mobile as well on 428 393-169. Happy to chat. It doesn't cost you anything for us to have a cup of coffee. It might cost you the price of a coffee. Uh, so it will cost you, all right? But, uh, but not much. So I'm happy to have a chat anytime. I enjoy, as I mentioned previously, I enjoy having a chat to people about what they want to do and their dreams and how we can assist. But more importantly, you can drop me a line at Dan, that's D-A-N, at Accord Partners dot com dot au they can always get in touch with you as well Taran, and you can uh, forward my details to, to them thank you to Daniel Nassim our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, thanks so much for listening to this episode. For taking the time to listen, I want to give you something a little special. Every episode that I do, I actually have someone on my team take notes. It's like a Cliff Notes version of every episode where you can find a summary of their backstory, tips and strategies they have laid out, all the resources they mentioned all the good stuff from the episode. So, you can either SMS the word notes to 0499881040 or visit the website at propertyinvestory.com forward slash notes and leave your details and I'll simply email it to you. Thanks for listening.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.